Hello out there, you stone-cold, crazy, fat-bottom girls and guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Seaside Pod Review, a podcast about the music of Queen. I'm Randy, and our host with the most is Kevin. And once a week, we'll gather near the microphones and talk real loud about our ridiculous opinions on random songs from the catalog of one of the most eclectic bands in rock history. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. Seaside Pod Review. Give us a kiss. Seaside Pod Review. I'm not giving you a kiss. So, Mr. Woods, how are you today? I'm doing all right, Mr. Brown. How are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah, we had uh, some some World Cup soccer action. I've heard happening. And you heard. Also had some, we also had some uh, some CFL football action happening in the province this past weekend. And I know how much you love your football, Randy. Yeah, it was really quite a big event for me. So much so that I completely ignored it on every. No, that's not true. I was actually forced to engage, uh, but only because I was engaged in employment. Uh, and other than that, the uh, the Grey Cup can go fuck itself. <laughs> Mr. Woods is not a fan of football. <laughs> it's by far my least favorite sport to uh I work in a mobile broadcast truck and it's my least favorite sport. Well, and I honestly like as we know the World Cup started on oh, fuck whatever that was Sunday, was it? Or I think yesterday was the first mm-hmm. game. You know, I'm a big big soccer fan my coach. I've played for years and I, I love the game and I'm you know always I want to see England do well, but this this year's edition is tainted. Like, you know, having it in Qatar and all the human rights issues and the stuff going on out there and, you know, the the FIFA banned the team captain from wearing one love armbands, you know, showing respect and love for LGBTQ communities. And it's just, it's such a, like I said, it's such a tainted tournament. It really is a shame because it's supposed to be the, the world's sports and the world's competition and they've kind of, you know, they've taken that away from a certain section of the population, so... I genuinely don't mean to make light of the situation because that is very serious and it is ridiculous. And this is uh, 2022. Uh, so all of those things should should be a non-starter. But what I was going to say was that I also heard they were not going to serve beer. Well, they weren't going to serve beer anyway because it was Budweiser. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. They weren't going to serve a reasonably a reasonable hand-on facsimile of beer. Well, it's so stupid. It's such it's so hypocritical because they're not serving it in the stadium to the to the plebs, but all the corporate boxes yeah. will still be served alcohol, obviously. You know, because you know you you got to keep the people with the money happy, so you got to keep the those wheels have to stay lubricated, Randy. You know, you must always grease the wheels at the top, Kev. Are you? Yeah. Do you not know this? Well, you know, I did know this, but I, I just I'm tired of accepting it. It and you know the the shitty thing about all that is too, and not like uh, my opinion matters because clearly it doesn't, but. Uh, you know, maybe they should. Maybe should everybody should just boycotted that bullshit. That's because that's bullshit. That's that's yeah, unacceptable. This is a public service announcement. You may notice a slight difference in sound quality on Kevin's end in this week's episode due to the fact that the absolute buffoon forgot to turn on his good microphone. Lashings have been administered, and normal service will resume next week. Now back to the show. Anyway, let's get on to it. You know, we're, we're not here to talk about sport, Randy, and your hatred of football and my my love of soccer. We're here to talk about the. Uh... We're also, we're also not here to talk. 
<laughs> fucking important issues you know where opinions matter and, and all that kind of stuff because that's not what this is all about but go on Mr. well no this is about this is about queen where opinions do matter to a, to an extent i mean you know because we all have one and, and that's why we're doing this is because i want to get your opinion and mm-hmm. i want you to hear mine <laughs> not quite sure as if you really want to hear mine <laughs> opinions are like belly buttons you said that last week. You need to get some new material. That's just that's just old now. It's old hat. <laughs> did, did I say that last week? <laughs> you certainly did. Oh, and, well. and I made some shit joke about they're full of fluff or something. It just didn't work. I, I just I took it in a completely shit direction, and we just, oh. we, we just moved on. We moved on. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe that's the answer right here then. Right. So last week we listened to somebody to love. We got a huge. That's a huge, huge hit. And how did the poll go? Well, the poll. I was going to talk to you about that, Andy. The poll went. Surprisingly, I would have to say. Mm. So out of 51 votes, 90.2% champion, but 9.8% bites the dust. And so that's basically five. Now, we did find out that someone accidentally clicked on it thinking that whether we were voting between We Are the Champions and another one bites the dust in terms of their favorite song. They just randomly clicked on it. So there are four people who downvoted this. And I wonder if that's just random people stumbling across our little corner of the internet and just... They hate Queen, so they just said it was shit. Yeah. I'm hoping. I'm really yeah. hoping. Yeah, well, I would sort of think so, because, you know, like we had talked at great length last time, was that I don't think that you can even be a casual Queen fan and not think this is some of their best some of their best work. So, yeah, I mean, it could have been just some uh, trolley-type basement dwellers with their mom <laughs> yelling at them downstairs that their scrambled eggs are ready. So we did get one comment, though, uh, quickly, Randy. Um, and that was actually on our spin video that I put on, uh, that there's a debate over among fans over which live version of Somebody to Love um, is best. So either the Milton Keynes gig in 82 or Queen Rocks Montreal in 81. So... You had uh, you had tasked me with uh, some homework mm-hmm. this afternoon, and you told me to listen to both, which uh, I had heard both before. And uh, I would have to say that uh, for for my dollar, the Montreal 1981 version is is the superior version. You know, by by how much? You know, leaps and bounds, maybe not, but but uh, sonically and and the performance, I don't know, it just has a real electric feel. Uh, and this is such a stupid comment but i just love i just love that freddie's got a bottle of heineken sitting on the piano and it just yeah. seems like these guys are a real band at, at at the top of their game uh uh you know doing doing some of their best some of their best work live yeah and i mean if you haven't seen queen rocks montreal which i'm sure you have but it, that is it that, for me it is one of those definitive performances like it's just it's electric start to finish. The performances are great. The band are on. I know they had actually they had some problems with the recording of it. Um, some issues with some on the production side, more getting pissed off with people telling them what to do and where they could stand and whatnot. But but the sound that comes through from that is absolutely superb. And what a couple of things we watched through um before we came on and um we were sort of watching through that version. And there's a couple of things I just wanted to ask you, Randy. So one of the things I always kind of notice when I see Freddie play, especially when he's playing at the piano. It's how close he is to that mic. And so, you know, he's eating the mic. So I wanted to ask you, because I know that when we've recorded, like if I'm really sort of pushing and trying to get volume, I step away from the mic a little bit. Whereas if I'm trying to sing a little bit more quietly, you tell me I've got to come close to the mic. So when you see someone like Freddie Mercury, he's just projecting, he's got this huge voice, but he's still so close to the mic. 
Why? Why is he doing that, Rams? Well, he's just trying to get. Uh, uh, it's just a signal to noise thing. He just wants to. Just wants to make sure his voice is heard. And, uh, you know, he's probably just using an SM58. I forget the video. I think that's what it was. And in those cases, uh, yeah, man, you just got to touch your lips to the mic and and give it everything you got. Mic control, uh, obviously, y- y- in live settings is is a real thing, too, but uh, but but less so. And it's more of a studio thing. So uh, that'll be why he's eating the mic. You know that, you know, so he's giving good signal. And then obviously he's hearing it back through the monitors. So. So, yeah. Yeah. If that answers your question. It doesn't. It's great too because I, I think I said this to you as well that I always like watching Freddie because you always get that close up on his face when he's at the mic, and you can see the way he's sort of contorting his mouth and holding his jaw and, and changing the shape of his mouth to get those different sort of sibilant sounds and get the different phrasing and all the, the and it's just it's so cool watching the the technical side of it, you know. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. I love it. Uh, I think the other thing too we we had noticed maybe I had pointed out to you is a Roger Taylor on his toms, not having the bottom skin. And they've got uh, what looks like Sennheiser 421s right up in the business of those toms. And once again, as usual with Roger Taylor, they sound massive uh, and and huge and uh, just kind of a throwback to the old days before they used bottom bottom toms and started miking over top, you know. So is that how does that change the sound then, Randy? Is, it, like, is, it, is there an appreciable difference between having an, an open bottom with a mic at the bottom and a uh, skin at the bottom with a mic at the top? What's the actual difference in the way those would sound? Yeah, well, what, what the actual difference is, I mean, I suppose it's sort of hard to describe, but uh, obviously, you know, with having skin on the top of the bottom, it's all completely self-contained and the resonance of the wood's really going to maybe be a bit more of a factor. Whereas if you don't have a bottom skin on the tom, then, you know, all of that, all of the airs move down just directionally, which is why you can see why they decided to mic the toms from the bottom on, you know, so they're getting a bit of a thwap from the head of the tom and they're still getting the body of the, of the tom as well from the bottom. Whereas nowadays you would, you would just put the tom uh, mic on the top ish. So you get a bit of the skin yeah. and a bit of the resonance uh, from the, the, the wood of the, of the tom. And, and just for my, um, for my notes, Randy, is, is thwap, is that a technical term? That's a technical term that you engineers use, right? Yes. Did I you actually say thwap? You did say thwap, so I, I assumed that was a very highly technical <laughs> term that I shouldn't really be. <laughs> if I did say it, then yes, it's a very, very technical term. And yes, it's a real word too. It's, uh, it's, 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 what words, what two words would that be putting together? Thump and whack? Whap. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's called a portmanteau, Randy, right there, is when you blend two words like that. The other thing there we talked go. about, though, when we were watching was, and it's something that I've heard Dave Grohl talk about, um, is when you, you know, big rock drummers, when they've got the big the big kit like them, they're playing live in front of thousands of people, they have their crash cymbals really high, so that when they hit them, it looks really, really fucking dramatic, right? And it's this big, and your comment was, yes, that's because they're young and their shoulders are still good. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll notice uh Old drummers, their their sync symbols and toms are very low, as low as they can get them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's definitely more rock and roll to have them, you know, way up high. So you got to have big swinging gestures, so it yep. makes you look like uh, animal, you know, from the Muppet <laughs> Show behind the kit, right? Okay, so let's get into some uh, comments, Randy. Yeah, we got. So like I said, it was so it was you know I think it was pretty. Let's say it's conclusive that this one is uh, one of the champions and doesn't bite the dust. Um, Brian Crozier. Says the only thing better than somebody to love is the Montreal Eighty One Live version. Well, I think I think basically we agree with that. Yes, we do. Um, our friend uh, Dita, Mike Chameleon Day, says a champion is probably the champion of champions. One of the best songs of all time ever. 
yeah, it's, there's an argument for that. Well, and I'd sort of made a comment. I don't think it was actually on the poll, or maybe it was, but somewhere else. But if you talk about sort of the best pop songs, like perfect pop songs, the best pop songs of all time, it kind of sits up there for me with something like Waterloo Sunset, or maybe even like Listen to a Heart by Petty and the Heartbreak, because it's got that same. It's just it's beautiful and it's perfect and every part's exactly the way it needs to be and it's not too short it's not too long you know and that's what we talked about on the episode a little bit about being being a pop song but I don't know I think that's a I think that's I think that's true that's why I just said it Randy I wouldn't say something that I think was true you wouldn't right well I mean I would okay <laughs> so and then and then we have uh, yeah PJ New Mercury who downvoted this masterpiece go on confess and so we've got the uh, the Monty yeah. Python sketch. The, uh, the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, journal Paul B. Paul Bradbury. So, and again, so he's kind of asking about who's down voting this. This is either someone voting dust just to deliberately screw the figures, <laughs> or like that yeah. time I accidentally voted Bohemian Rhapsody as number one on the recovering Q poll because my sleep deprived brain decided one was top of the chart. <laughs> <laughs> so it could just be a mistake. Right. Fair enough. E.M. Ling says Freddie's finest song and Edu Beltran Edu I'm not even going to try to pronounce that first name says he that the Freddie thoughts on himself um, my friend Paul Moody over from uh, Latpod says it's a masterpiece and Tony DiMio 6 replies it's operatic so again it is operatic it's got that same sort of sense of grandeur that well, Rhapsody and Prophet Song and all those kinds of songs have right yeah it's a banger man no getting around it Darren Helliwell, one of my favorite Queen songs, as close to perfection as you can get. Again, I just I can't find anything to disagree with there. Yeah. And then uh, DM Gutierrez, someone's going to be under the dust in a hot space if this doesn't get champion status. So a little bit of, a little bit of play on words there, which I very much appreciate. <laughs> and I got to say, really, our first three songs, uh, you know, two being random, one being not random, we've uh, we've really knocked out two of easily their biggest, most massive, most when you think of Queen, you think of those songs. So, in a way, it's interesting to have those kind of out of the way. And, and... yeah, there's some less, um, there's definitely some less epic, grand, awesome songs on the wheel. There's still plenty of phenomenal stuff yeah. on there, but I'm kind of interested of to see what we get tonight. This would be great. So, are you still, uh, are you still hoping to get uh, Dragon Attack, or are you thinking about something else tonight? Well, no, you know what? Tonight, I've let my mind. My mind to let my mind go free, and I'm a bit of a free agent. So whatever happens, happens. Do you have something in mind, Kev? Well, I don't know. I I kind of thinking that I might want to revisit Hot Space, something from Hot Space, just because it isn't one of my top Queen albums. Yeah. Um, and I think I've built up a little bit of a prejudice in my mind over the years by not listening to it. And I think that maybe going back to it and actually listening to it again might change my mind on some of those songs. So fingers crossed we get something off, like Cool Cat or Body Language or, I don't know, Back Chat or something like that. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Okay, let's give this thing a spin. Uh, where are we landing? Where are we landing? Oh, this could be a doozy. It's... Oh, man. Look at this. Hit after hit after hit. <laughs> we will rock you from news of the world. Honestly, I gotta, I gotta say, I gotta <laughs> say, this is crazy. I was really, I mean, I don't know. I'd like to have done a, 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 a an oddball one, something maybe I'd never ever heard. I was really kind of looking forward to, 
getting into some uncharted territory, but I mean, I certainly know this one. Well, I'm, okay, again, you know, we're going to get into lots and lots and lots of uncharted territory. Um, maybe one thing we could say is that we've had, you know, <laughs> two pretty long songs. Well, this one's a bit of an antidote to that. We're going to get through the actual music side of this fairly quickly. So also still plenty to talk about with uh, We Were Rocky, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I was looking this, looking this up, Randy, and I, for some reason, I always remember or thought I remember that this was a double A side with We Were Rocky because obviously those with We Are the Champions sorry because those two songs just go together they're always they always used to be anyways on on British radio they were always played together you never got one without the other and they were usually played together live um, and it got to number two on the UK chart and it got to number four on the billboard so pretty I mean a gigantic song across the world but it was We Are the Champions that was the actual single with We Will Rocky was the B side which I don't, I don't know if I knew that or if I'd just forgotten that or what. Hmm. Well, I did not know that either way. So, so in, in Canada, then would you have heard, we will rock you on the radio, like back, you know, back in the day, would you have heard that on the radio? Just that one song? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, no, it's almost always, it was sort of, they always went together. It was, uh, was always followed with, uh, uh, we are the champions. Is that what you just said? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were always basically. It was always basically a twofer. If you play, yeah. if you would play them both together. It would just always be played together. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that's that's true here. I I, I can't say for sure uh, if that's what they did on radio. Uh, yeah, but but likely. I mean, oh, it's going back a long time. So yeah, uh, I didn't pay that much attention to the radio at that point. And so you know, it's fa- fairly famously it was sort of a uh, Brian May wrote it to be wanted. To, to basically sort of bring the audience into the performance, right? So and you give them give the audience something to do. But it was I was reading on Wikipedia, that, and again, I probably knew this at one point in my life when I was a bigger Queen fan. Um, that it was in response to an event that occurred at the a day at the races tour. The band had played at Stafford's Bingley Hall, and the quote from Brian May is, "We did an encore, then went off, and instead of just keep clapping, the crowd sang you 'You'll Never Walk Alone,' which is." Well, you probably know that song, You'll Never Walk Alone. Do you know that song? Not just off the top of my head, no. Okay, well, it's used by the by Liverpool Football Club um, okay. as their sort of their anthem. Um, and he says he was just knocked out and taken aback. It was an emotional experience. And I think these chant things are in some way connected with that. So I think it's that thing of recognising that the crowd is a living, breathing thing. And you can sort of use that if you can somehow figure out how to incorporate that. Yeah. And so, you know. That was the idea. Yeah. And so, again, though, you know, stomp, stomp, clap. It's just, I think it's one of those, it's one of those songs that sort of transcends music to a degree because it's not, like, anybody who doesn't like rock and roll, anybody who, if you've ever, you know, anyone who's into sport, it's just everywhere. It's just so sort of, we've woven into the fabric of modern culture that you can't really not know, even if you don't know the song or who sang it or any of the words, that boom, boom, cha. You just everyone knows that, right? And it's immediate. So it's very basic and very tribal. Yeah. And 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 everybody can do it. Uh and everybody can yell, we will you know what I mean? So so it's kinda it's kind of meeting yeah. it's kind of meeting all the needs of <laughs> of an anthem, right? Yeah. Well, I mean we'll get into it when we're getting into the song, but it's an unusual song structure in some ways too, because you know, with lack of instrumentation, that kind of stuff. But I guess the you know, the stamping effects it says the it was the band overdubbing the sounds of themselves, stomping and clapping, you know, over and over and over again, 
um, to make it sound like there were lots of people and then uh, delay effects added. And this is something that I find interesting, something I don't know if most likely you are real. The durations of the delays were in the ratios of prime numbers, a technique now known as non-harmonic reverberation. Hmm. Is that something you've heard of before? No, no, yeah. no, not not that not that term. But it, but timing your delays to something is certainly not an old uh, not an old idea, or not a new idea is what I mean. Sorry. Well. You know what, Randy? I think we've sort of given a bit of preamble. Shall we listen to some uh, We Will Rock You? If we need to, we could probably just... Yeah, we could almost, just, we could almost <laughs> just talk about it without listening to it. But yes, we should listen to it. I mean, as intros go... It's pretty freaking basic, isn't it? Well, yeah, like I was saying, I mean, if you if there's something if you want to get <laughs> something that everybody can do, boom, boom, cha, boom, boom, cha. I mean, brilliant. I wish I'd have done it. Do you think I'm trying to think if there's a an intro to this to a song? And I think it's I think it's eight bars, I think, of intro. So the four, I think it's eight. But I can't think necessarily off the top of my head of something simpler. In sort of mainstream rock and roll, nothing springs to mind that's that stripped down. There's no guitar, no bass, no vocal, nothing. Just that beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there is, but I can't think of it. Buddy, you're a boy, make a big noise, playing in the street, gonna be a big man someday. You got mud on your face, you big disgrace, kicking your can all over the place, singing. We will, we will rock you. I love how much grit Freddie puts on that vocal. Yeah. It's just just growling it. It's like super aggressive, eh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. So, I mean, hey, here's a quick question for you, Kev, because uh, obviously we both listened to the song a trillion times, and it's a very short song. But what uh, what do you think this is about? Buddy, you're a boy. You're a big, making a big noise, playing in the street, going to be a big man someday, got money, face, big, disgrace, going to get out. What does that mean? What do you think it means? It's almost like the three stages of of life, right? So you know the riddle of the Sphinx. Have you ever heard the riddle of the Sphinx? Mm. So mm. what 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 walks on four legs in the morning, two legs in the afternoon, and three legs in the evening? So that was the Sphinx. That was the riddle. The Sphinx was supposed, you know, going to legend gave to people if they wanted to pass. And the answer is man, right? Because you know you walk on four legs, you're a toddler, you crawl. When you grow up, you walk on two legs, and then when you're an old man, you have a cane, so you walk on three legs. So it's it's almost kind of he's almost framing the lyrics and the verses around that idea of. But you're a boy, so you play in the street and be a man someday. So it's that kind of young, yeah. sort of rebel kind of thing. So that's what it's always been about to me is that sort of the the fight to be human, for want of a better want of a better phrase. Yeah, no, I I think you're I think you're right on the mark with that. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, second verse basically is going going on to the young man section. Last verse being you know old man. Yeah, uh, and you know and the old man of course wants peace. Uh, isn't that telling? Anyhow, <laughs> let's move on. We will, we will rock you. Buddy, you're a young man, hard man, shouting in the street. You're gonna take on the world someday. You got blood on your face, a big disgrace. Waving your banner all over the place. We will, we will rock you. Sing it. We So 
super clean as well, eh? Like it's obviously it's like there's tons of reverb on those drums, but it's it just bites, it cuts through. There's no it, there's like there's so much space in it. I don't know how to explain that. I don't know maybe you can explain it with better words because you're an audio engineer, but yeah, no, 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 that you're doing a fine job. What came to to mind for me was it's 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 tribal, right? Mm -hmm. Really got that that vibe to it, right? Uh and of course, as a young guy, I was always just waiting for that the guitar to come in, right? Which is very <laughs> close to this. <laughs> well, I think it, it's funny too because you got that juxtaposition of you have this really, you know, that tribal, very simple three note phrase on the drums. This this almost kind of spoken word verses with that, but then you get this massive Queen esque. It's like something off Queen Two or Night at the Opera. This massive choral you know, multi-part harmony thing that belts out that, the refrain. So that's, it, it's kind of a nice little, it's not, we, we, you've got to take it somewhere and that's how they're doing it. And, but it's only for, you know, four bars, but they're still kind of adding something in that means it doesn't just meander along. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Buddy, you're an old man, poor man, pleading with your eyes, gonna make you zombie someday. You got mud on your face, big disgrace. Somebody better put your bag into your place. We will, we will rock you. Sing it. We will, we will rock you. Everybody. And that's what I love this way. Oh, wait a minute. You get that little buzz. Is that little buzz in the back of your brain with Brian's guitar? Just, is, it, and it's just, is that just feedback? Just uh, in there is... Yeah, I, th I, I think it sounds like he's hit the notes and he's uh, he's sort of moving, moving it on the fretboard and you know, it, it's sort of a, it sounds like it, yeah, it sounds like what he's doing. So it's kind of a technique to, to creep in without actually hitting the string. That's what it sounds like to me. Okay. Uh, and yeah. And so cool. That's just, it makes it all, it just, you know, it just makes it all feel good. Yeah. <laughs> we will, we will rock you. So I'm just going to stop it there quickly because obviously we're going to listen through now and probably, well, I mean, we're going to listen to the solo and then that's going to be the end of the song. Yeah. But up to that point, it is, again, I just, I talked before, I think we started listening, that it's a really unusual, so it's, it is, it's just A, B, A, B, A, B, C. So it's, it is a traditional song structure, but it isn't at the same time because there's just no instrumentation in this at all until you get to this guitar solo. So it's, not until he hits that second chord do you realize that there is a second chord, right? Yeah. And and if you think about it, it's a we're a minute forty in. The song's almost over, and that's the first time we've heard uh, another chord, even. So yeah, uh, you know, barring the that they're singing in whatever the fuck key they're singing in, I didn't even notice. It looks like he hit a G there, so maybe right. they're in an A or something. Okay. Well, you know what we got to do, Randy? We got to let Brian May melt our faces. Let's do it. Oh, I love those chords. It's so good. Yeah, I love those chords. I love the tone. Such great tone. And if you think about it, Deacon didn't uh, didn't play a note. Not a damn thing. 
<laughs> he just he just stomped, clapped, and sang. Well, and he and didn't it. sing. He didn't sing. That's the thing. He mimes in the video. He doesn't sing. Deke doesn't <laughs> sing. It's like there's a you know there's I think it was in. Um... Does he not sing? I thought I thought we I thought I saw him singing on the we will. Uh... On the the uh, the Montreal gig, but somebody I guess yeah he would sing, but from what I understand and what I've read, it was a little bit more for the aesthetic of it, and they would basically sort of have the you know they drop the faders way down when it was just when he on his vocal because he just wasn't oh. a singer and he had no interest in in singing right so oh, I see yeah what I was going to do Randy is I just wanted to quickly let's maybe just listen to that solo again and just we'll just isolate that solo. Mm-hmm. Again, we you know we talked on I think it was maybe the last episode of the one before about Brian's use of that sixpence, and I think this is one of those solos where that really you can really hear that because the attack is so sharp. Right, let's hear it. Is that phase on that, or is what is that flange maybe? Yeah, one of the two. They're not they're not that much different. sounds like harmonics too hey which i don't think it is right it, it, no but it's got no. that really sort of crystally shiny kind of quality to it I don't, you well, know well, yeah yeah i mean it also it sounds like that uh so uh, you know without 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 <laughs> being able to show people yeah i think you know i think he, he holds that note and the amp super loud so he's just kind of holding the note and that's what gets that and, I, and, and so then the, the, which brings me to my point is that I think it sounds that way because because he's playing an amp that's just fucking cranked. Overdriven to the nuts. It's just it's fucking on ten. <laughs> and it's <laughs> over right. in the corner and there's a mic there. And and I think that's why it sounds the way it sounds, which which it sounds fucking cool, right? And would that be because it's there's no bass on it either, right? So the like the bass taken all the way off and tons of middle and a little bit of treble, is that well yeah, I mean he's not he's not even playing a it's probably no need for a roll off because he's all playing high notes here. I right. guess is what I'm suggesting. Yeah. What I like about that little run in the middle there too is it, it all, it never, it's not punchy. It just all blends. It's got that really sort of, sweeping kind of it all kind of merges together and it all you know what I mean like it's got that sustain between notes that it's not like that 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 it's not really staccato at all like it's just got a very cool Brian yeah. May feel to it yeah and you know I, I just as we're listening to this and we listen to the last little bit and uh and this song is always attached to uh real champions yeah yeah it, it, it really it really now thinking about it sounds like an intro right <laughs> yeah and and I mean I don't know the history of it. Maybe there's there's probably somebody that's written volumes on this. But to me now that I'm now that listening back, it sounds it sounds like an intro to an, another song. Yeah. Or or possibly or possibly a half baked idea that they didn't complete, couldn't complete, or said, Hey, why don't we stick this in the front of this song? That'll be cool. Uh I, I'm I'm purely speculating. But it doesn't seem like it's completely out of the possibility, the realm of possibility. Well, you talk about sort of, you know, we sort of no instrumentation, everything else. But you've heard the fast version, right? Do you know the fast version? I assume you know the fast version. Or do you? Uh, let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> 
and then I'll tell you if I know it. Yeah, the, yeah, the thunder and the lightning. That's, and that's why I, I nicked that for our um, podcast intro. I started it with that just for that reason. Again, listen to these drums, man. It's not like a fucking earthquake. Super, super cool, hey? Yeah, I have heard that. I just forgot. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, so they opened that. They used to open the show with that, and then they would play the you know the, the studio recorded version. So, again, that's a curious thing, to play the same song twice in the set two different ways. Yeah, yeah. It's kind yeah. of cool. Yeah, I like it. I think I that's like cool. It too. I like it. Too. I've always loved that version. I, was think, I always used to think, too, that, or maybe I heard, like, a, a, a scurrilous rumor when I was young amongst my cadre of, of no nothing queen friend fans um that are queen fan friends that that this was the original version that it was written mm. this way and then they actually stripped it down and which is not the case at all they wrote you know the way it's on the album is the way it was written but i guess you know when you when you take and you think well what can we do can we do anything with this and you get that great opening riff super super rock and rolly just it's yeah. a fucking great way to open a show right yeah possibly we talked about this the last time too and that's uh once you've recorded the song and maybe if you haven't tested it out on audiences, you get out and you start playing it and you think, oh man, we should have done it this way. And who knows, for all we know, they, they could have thought, oh man, this is so killer. We should have, we should have did it this way, man. Yeah. But, you know, uh, they, they certainly didn't suffer uh, any lack of success uh, either way. And one of those songs too that I think that some of those songs when you get that like really sort of starkly contrasting versions of the same song by the same band, Often I think, oh, that one's so much better than that one, or that one's like, but these, I just, I love them both equally. And it's almost like they are two different songs, even though it's exactly the same words, you know, same kind of beat and everything. So, well, they are, yeah, they are separate ent- entities, though, I would yeah, say. For sure. Uh, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> if I had to pick between the two of them, you know, I, I'm sure I'd pick the, I'd pick the OG myself, but yeah, I think you'd have to really, but it's, I don't know, yeah, it's, that one's that's just a lot of fun and like i said i mean it, but it's one of those two that probably it's it, it really is just a, it's a really good live opener right like it's, it's a great way to start a show absolutely yeah okay so like thoughts on do you remember do you remember the first time you heard this song or sort of when it came into your consciousness would you have any idea when that would have been you know honestly not really uh but it would have been on the radio yeah you know probably in the 80s sometime uh I, I would guess, and and I and I do remember I do remember taking a pretty immediate liking to almost everything that Queen did that hit the radio. Yeah, and and this would have been one of them. Yeah, I mean it's just it's interesting that you ask me that because it's been uh, it, the song's been around so long and I've heard it so many times that it just it kind of feels like it was always there. So what about you, Kev? Well, it's off. I mean, it opens. What I would still think. I would probably still say this is my favorite Queen album, News of the World. Yeah. Although Queen 2 is, and especially lately, as I've been going back and listening to that album again, it's like, I love that album too. But News of the World's always had a special place in my heart. And this is one that, being a young man, because News of the World was released in 1977. 
77. Um, the artwork's just really striking. So when you're a kid, I would have been four at that point. And so mm -hmm. at four, five, six years old, I was allowed to put records in the record player and we were allowed to listen to dad's records and everything. And just remember, because it, it was a gatefold, but it's like Bob Dylan's Blonde on Blonde. It opens vertically and horizontally, right? And so you've got this big monster thing. So that's cap that captures you straight away. Well, you put that on and you drop the needle on it and this thing comes into your headphones, this... It's just epic. And it's like this massive, giant footstep kind of thing. So I just remember that sort of, not really the memory of it, because obviously I was too young and I'm to actually remember that it's that sort of very visceral muscle memory of just feeling whoa fucking hell this is amazing what is this you know uh and i was gonna say uh, i was gonna say not to date myself but clearly we've dated ourselves by doing a podcast <laughs> of queen but i was just gonna speak to what you were saying was that was such a big thing hey when you were a kid you hold that 12 inch record and if it was if it was a double like a fold you had so much more information on there so much stuff you could read that the imagery I, I would go to record stores and and i would just pull out albums and look and look at them yeah and, and you know when i got older and i had a little bit of money i i have and it's I, I, you know you can ridicule me if you like but i have bought albums based on their their covers every i think every single teenage boy at least and i'm sure girl as well has done the same thing like guaranteed you have absolutely yeah yeah, uh, uh, you know, so that's how important the art was. And, yeah. you know, in today's single world, uh, and, and also where you don't purchase anything, you don't own anything, that's become really just a non-issue, non right? Yeah. Do you remember there was something special too about a gatefold? For some reason, if the album opened up, and especially if there were falls of the band live or whatever it might be, it's like Thin Lizzy live and dangerous. It's like, it's great. It's, the whole package is greater than the sum of its parts. And the music is important. The music has to be good. Of course. Like I said, everything else, get the lyric sheets and you can actually follow along the lyrics. And and then you find, you know, oh, that lyric's wrong on here. They don't, that's not what he's singing. And then you find out later in life that, oh, well, you know, those go to print usually actually before the record's been fucking mixed and mastered way before that, because that's, that's a process. And so you get these, these little anomalies between, yeah. you know, what's in the package and what you're coming through your, your headphones. It's, it's just part of the experience. And it's something that I think is lost on an entire generation, which is quite sad. I mean, I know that we're, we're old Randy, you know, let's face it. We're, we're past halfway, mate. We're well past the, the halfway stage. So, you know, what do we know? Especially you, but yeah, well, go on. especially me. Yeah. I've got bad genes. <laughs> I come from coal mining stock. We don't make it past 80. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not to make too fine a point of that, but uh, that is something I've always thought that was really cool. Uh, and even in the CD era, you still at least had artwork all granted, except it was, you know, whatever the, uh, a CD panel size is. But yeah, I, I remember burying my head in an album and singing into it and hearing yourself back as you're reading the lyrics, as you had a blasting on the turntable or, or whatever. Uh, yeah. So, so pretty, pretty cool, pretty cool time to be alive actually. And so, you know, we, we get that advancement and it's funny cause vinyls come back, you know, to a degree. And as you know, my youngest daughter got me back into vinyl, which has been a, an absolute trip. And so I've got lots of records again and I've started building up my queen collection again, which I don't, don't have anymore. And so queen, you know, a lot of artists and queen among them put out box sets. And so they've just re-released a new box set with a lot of uh, previously unreleased tracks and studio kind of talk um, of the album, The Miracle. Now, The Miracle's not 
I would say is not a beloved album in the Queen catalogue. Um, it's certainly an album that I have several issues with personally, and, and well, it's going to be a lot of fun listening to some of those songs when we get to them. But I would encourage if there are any of our listeners who don't already listen to In the Lap of the Pods, you've got to go check them out on Twitter. They did a live unboxing video, which is, I, I've watched it at least five times now, and it makes me howl every single time. Like, you've got to go watch it. It's so <laughs> fucking funny. It will, you'll bust a gut. Even if you love that album, you will find it funny. Trust me. Excellent. So, Randy, M- Mr. Randy, as I'm going to call you from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, whoever that was on Twitter, I, I love that. I don't know why I find that so funny, but uh, I think that's pretty hilarious. Okay, well, Randy, look, let, let's get into brass tacks here. Let's get let's get into brass tacks. We will rock you. Is it a schlocky stadium rock staple, overplayed, you know, overrated piece of crap that needs to bite the dust, or is it truly one of the greatest rock songs of all time? And is it one of the champions? All right, Kevin. Same question. What do you think? You know, I could prevaricate and I could I could build some suspense in the podcast, Randy, but I mean, really, I come on. Really, yeah. like, let's just get on with it. It's really uh it's really just lip service at this point. I mean, clearly it's gotta be a that's gotta be one of the champions. Again, one of the most recognizable pieces of music that's just ever been written it's it's just that simple right? i mean it really is i mean again and it and queen have that weird thing where they've got three of those you've got we will rock you where the championship another one bites the dust that is all sort of ubiquitously used at sporting events you know and you think that somewhat cynically that could have been which fuck, fuck cynically like write songs that people want to hear and write songs that people can engage with i think that's a good thing that's not a bad thing right um so what if you make a million bucks off them that's okay um so and i I think that's just a weird thing that queen has that i don't know like i can't think of another band again i can't think of another band that has that sort of presence beyond themselves and beyond rock music where they become this weird sort of cultural thing right can you think of it off the top of your head can you think of something that's equivalent to that no no not 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 just not just instantly no yeah no i can't well, that's because our boys Queen. They were, it turns out, Randy, they were pretty fucking good. They knew what they were doing. Turns out they're moderately talented. Moderately talented bastards. <laughs> uh, two minutes and two seconds of a pop. I mean, again, I mean, it is a rock song, but again, it's you can kind of throw it into a rock a pop category as well because it's you know it's, it's it's hooky and it's it's got a it's, it's got something you can hum and sing and chant and you know what i mean like it's it's oh. got a guitar solo but is that really rock music i don't know it's not music for the most part throughout the song right uh yeah but i mean you can't you can't deny that it's a pop song i mean yeah for sure the definition of pop song is popular and yeah. it was certainly that i mean <laughs> i mean i'm i'm not sure where it placed uh chart wise in the world but i would assume it was a massive worldwide hit that probably bought more than one house for more than one member of queen <laughs> number two in the uk number four in the us what about canada what did it get to number three in canada no, number three in canada so yeah i mean it charted high everywhere because again it's just it's also one of those things that i think it's 
it's multicultural too because you don't really need to understand a pentatonic scale you don't need you know it, it can appeal to indians and chinese music and then aboriginal it's got it pans all those things because it's just so primal and visceral i think it's just genius in that regard i think really right yeah well i think it's it's basicness in rhythm rhythmic basicness is what really allows it to transcend all of that right yeah, for sure. Uh, the the only the only bit of complexity is is Brian is Brian's guitar solo, and even that's it's not that's I mean it's just he's just playing he's playing a few different chord inversions of whatever key he's playing in. It's yeah, that, you know what I mean. So tasty so, though, hey. Well, yeah, I mean it totally is, and like I said, it sounds to me like his amp was on eleven, uh, <laughs> recorded at you know stun, you know, with the mics <laughs> just as close as they could get it, and. And that's why it sounds kind of the way it does, right? Uh, and, and there again, I don't know if anybody has insight on that. I'd love to, I'd love to hear the recording process of 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 how they captured uh, Brian's guitars. I'd love to hear that. There's one word that I would use to describe that solo. It's bite. You know what I mean? It's got. It's just. It's mm-hmm. just the tone is so sharp and jagged and you know and even with that yeah. little like i said that middle bit in the section that middle section of the solo i think sort of really blends and he's kind of you know he's, he's being very delicate about the ways running over the notes it's still got it the sound itself the tone is so fucking punchy yeah well when you watch brian play too he's not like he's not hitting the guitar hard like he's you yeah. know what i mean he's 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 very he he, he attacks it quite gingerly doesn't mean that his guitar amp isn't that tan and which would make it really a, <laughs> be kind of like standing on the back of a greased pig, right? It would be like, it'd be, it'd be tricky. Yeah. Super, super cool. All right. Well, you know what? That's, um, I think that's probably a pretty good place to wrap up, Randy. Didn't yeah. We? I think well, we said everything you know, that I said everything I want to say, but we will rock you. Well, I think so. And you know, not every episode has to be long. They can all be, they, some of them can be short. Yeah. Like this song. Short and brilliant. Maybe maybe this will go down as one of the greatest podcasts in podcast history, just like We Will Rock You has gone down as one of the greatest rock songs in, in rock history or pop history, whatever the fuck we said. I have a plan. What's your how plan? About Tell both me. Of us, how about both of us, in light of what you just said, hold our breath and okay. wait and see if that happens. Ready? Ready. Okay. <gasps> Thanks for listening, folks. Don't forget to check out our social media and spread the gospel according to Queen. You can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. Don't forget to check out our pals Corey and Mark over at And the Podcast Will Rock. We owe our format and the inspiration for this podcast entirely to them. We'll be back with you next week to spin up another song from this fantastic catalog. Thank you so much. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.